Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach John and I are in the Cherokee Batting Range recording studio for you today. We've got a great lineup of topics, things we're going to be talking about, and trying to... uh, Get over the fact that we've got some really beautiful fall weather going on here in the Atlanta area today. Don, what do you think about this uh, uh, beautiful fall weather? It's rainy and cold for uh, really the first time. Getting a bunch of rain started last night. It's 40-something degrees this morning. It's not really perfect for ball by any stretch. And I know we've got uh, state championships, right? right? Which brings us to our lineup for today. So we're going to do our shout-out section where we're going to congratulate our player of the week and also talk a little bit about the Georgia High School state championships that are going on in Columbus today. Our topic this week is where to stand in the batter's box and adjustments that hitters need to make. Our interview this week is with Terry Martin at Piedmont College, and Coach Martin's been a friend of Coach Don and I for at least 20 years now. A couple um, decades, yeah. And does a great job. And then we'll finish up with our tip of the week. So our shout-out, first off, Don, let's talk a little bit about the Georgia High School playoffs. I was in Columbus yesterday, and it's really an exciting event. There's tons and tons of college coaches they're watching um, and obviously the cream of the crop across seven different divisions uh, for Georgia High School play 7A which is the uh, largest schools all the way down to single A which uh, has two different divisions in it one is the private schools and one is public uh, but it's quite an array of talent and uh, uh, quite an event so there's tons of you know really experienced travel ball kids but there's also a nice blend and mix of uh, you know more of a traditional student slash good athlete uh, you know, representing some of those schools. So it's neat that, uh, you know, they're getting a chance to do some of this stuff, maybe even for the first time. Right. I think that uh, when you look at most of the rosters and most of the teams that make it to the uh, state finals, you're going to find a pretty high percentage of high-level travel ball kids playing on most of those teams, but I do think that every single team has a couple of kids that maybe they're not playing high-level travel ball. They're, um, as you said, they're, they're kids that are just high school players that play for the love of it. Uh, maybe they're multi-sport athletes. Maybe they're involved in something else, and softball is something that's important to them, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And for those kids to have a chance to play for something as exciting as a state championship is got to be one of those really meaningful and memorable things no i think that's awesome and uh you know everybody's been anticipating this this week and those that are fortunate enough to get there are uh, hopefully going to have a lot of fun and wish it was better weather though yeah well that kind of brings us to a point that we've talked about before about the idea of softball in the fall and there's certain things about the fall season that i think are beneficial um, but this is the classic example of why starting in the fall and then finishing as we end the fall and start to head into winter um, seems to be a little bit risky to me i know that uh, you know some years you go down to columbus for that uh, state uh, championship game and it's 75 80 degrees and Perfect. beautiful yeah uh, but there have been a whole bunch of years that i've been down there you know, running out to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods to buy one more layer of uh, Under Armour or something else because it's so dang cold and so dang miserable that I can't stand to just watch a game. And I can't even imagine what it's like for those kids out there playing. Well, and I know and we talk about uh, you and I both being from the north, but uh, it's just not ball weather when it's cold, wet, windy. It's, yeah, we're... 
again, playing into bad weather rather than playing out of it. Right. And, and it's a little bit risky to me because you've got these kids that have worked this hard to get here playing in what might be less than ideal conditions. I know that's one of those things we all just deal with, but, uh, um, but the Georgia high school state championship round is, uh, going on as we speak at, uh, in Columbus. If, well, it's not really going on right now cause it's raining pretty good, but it will be going on later on today, hopefully. And, uh, watched some great softball yesterday. There were a bunch of really good games. I've got a good fortune of uh, having a about 20 kids that I work with on a regular basis having their teams make it down to the state finals and so I spent uh, the day yesterday watching uh, all those kids play and, and it was exciting to see uh, it's kind of a weird twist for me now because I really don't have a stake in it as much as I used to you know when, when just pulling uh, for them and, and, but but I found myself getting very emotionally involved and and uh, and really feeling it as every one of the kids that I work with would come up to the plate and you know several of them are up there in in you know really pressure packed situations, and I swear it was like being a a dad of of a player as <laughs> twenty much as kids, it was. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, having uh, a whole lot of kids to to, to cheer for. So, but uh, good luck to well, those teams, and hopefully Mother Nature cooperates and they get those championships uh, in, and and uh, we can uh, be talking next week about the schools that won those state championships. So, down our player of the week this week is Cat McCulley. I'm going to let you talk about Cat because you know her very very well. So, Cat. Kat McCulley is a, a freshman at River Ridge High School, and she has been a catcher for a number of years now. Uh, she does a fantastic job. She works her tail off. There's probably rarely a day that she's not trying to do something to further her skills. Um, this year, she was uh, given the award of being the MVP at uh, River Ridge, and as a freshman, I'm sure she started practically every game. She hit a little bit over 400, uh, but just did a fantastic job for them there, and they recognized her as the most valuable player this year. Well, for a freshman to be receiving that kind of accolade, because River Ridge has got a strong program. They, they play very good softball. Absolutely. No, they got a bunch of uh, good, solid travel ball kids there. And uh, again, it's neat that she's been recognized for all that hard work that she puts in, but... Uh, just excited that we're getting a chance to recognize her again today with uh, our Player of the Week honor. And, uh, you know, she'll continue to work hard and do well. But um, I, what else? She had, I think she had some all region honors too, but some of that stuff will get solidified here in the next week or so. Yeah, I think as the uh, high school season wraps up, you'll start to see more and more of those honors uh, being uh, made public and, and a lot of kids being recognized. So, Kat McCauley, congratulations on being our fast pitch prep player of the week and uh, keep working hard. I know you'll uh, be up here at the Cherokee Batting Range Cages with Coach Don uh, here probably in a day or two. She's here tonight. She's coming tonight. Good yep. deal. Well, Kat, congratulations. So, Don, our top this week is just one of those things that I felt was important for us to talk about because I think that there's a lot of confusion and different things that happen for players, certainly as their game develops and as their career develops, certain things that work great for them when they're young that maybe don't work as well for them when they're older. So let's talk about this idea of where hitters should stand in the box and the ability to make adjustments 
as the situation dictates. No, I love it. I know uh, a lot of times we get an opportunity to work with very, very young players, even just getting started. And uh, I think there's a little bit of frustration between um, the things we know that are coming for them and the things that are actually happening currently at that time in the game setting. A lot of times the the situation is that pitchers are trying to throw to the outside part of the plate because they don't want to hurt anybody and they're learning their skills. Right. And, Especially the younger kids that, yeah. you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds, uh, depending upon the level of play that they're at. Um, I think that you do see that pitcher has this terrible habit of of trying to pitch outside consistently and i think you're right i think the fear factor of hitting a hitter is something that affects them they know they know how it is on the other side and they don't want to be hit either and uh you know so they're they're working to throw strikes but throw to the outside part of the plate and we've also got uh young hitters that are apprehensive of being hit so uh their reluctance to get in and closer to the plate is is pretty big as well but the coaches then have a frustration that they can't get to the ball. So the obvious adjustment would be to tell our batters to get in closer, get in tighter, get in, move in, move in. Their instinct at that point is to definitely step away or open up. Uh, you know, in the event that they get an inside pitch or a pitch out and they're, you know, in self-preservation mode sometimes. But uh, a lot of times those habits then begin to uh, make it challenge, even more challenging to hit outside pitches. Right. Yeah, the, uh, uh, hu- the human nature aspect of trying to avoid being drilled by a pitch has that hitter already thinking about running away from it. Sure. And so um, as a coach, then when you're trying to help them have more success and you tell them, well, get your toes on the line, get your toes on the line so that they have better plate coverage or have a chance to hit that outside pitch it just it's a catch-22 it's it's two different things working at opposite ends of the spectrum trying to uh trying to help the kids have success so um so if you're working with a young player what do you suggest where would you ask them uh just as a general rule of thumb what's a good place so often what we'll do is uh at least in a training setting here we'll have them take their back foot put the toe of their back foot on the front corner of the plate and then stack their front foot on the heel of that back foot if that makes sense okay okay so and then take the the back foot which was on the front front corner of the plate and slide it back even with the front one so we're about a shoe length away um, from that plate for training there's a spot in the batter's box that will allow all hitters to hit all strikes to a fair part of the field so wherever they stand we want for them to have an equal opportunity uh, to both hit inside or outside pitches to a fair part of the field sometimes we get in so tight on the plate that uh any inside strike they're going to end up pulling it foul and we've all seen hitters you know hit five or six or seven long foul balls pulled and then struggle for a change up or something that's outside and and uh or miss one of those inside strikes and uh you know end their at bat so that gets to be tough but we'd like for them to be in a place where they can hit all strikes to a fair part of the field Right. And I think to me, one of the challenges is that, especially with younger hitters, is they're not truly aware of where their barrel is in relationship to their body when they swing. And you'll see them do things like stand straight up and, and reach out, you know, and touch the corner of the plate with the bat or try to touch the outside corner of the plate with the bat, you know, at, at all these straight angles. 
muscles, which have nothing to do with Having where their, their body's really going to be when they're hitting. Their legs rotated. And, yeah. And yeah. so I think that uh, um, in your training, hopefully you're going to be able to work with a kid to get them a little bit more familiar with where the barrel's really going to be where the and in relationship to where the ball is so that they feel like they've got to get the plate coverage that we're looking for without them having to do anything extreme. So for me, I really emphasize um, in training, especially with the younger players, getting them comfortable being a little bit further off the plate and showing them how they have stronger coverage of inside and outside and that while that pitch at first looks like it's so far away on the outside part of the plate that as they train their way through it they start to understand that when their body's doing the right things that outside pitch ends up being easier to hit than the than the inside pitch well and the swing stays exactly the same you don't have time to change your swing right. the only thing we can change is where the contact's made and definitely for them to be comfortable letting a pitch develop or or continue far enough you know, I like the midpoint of our body because that seems to be the the furthest we can reach to the outside when the ball gets as deep as the the middle of our body, right? Um, for that outside location. But then again, training wise, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, you know, training wise, we need to create a, a an understanding of where those contact points are for right. inside or outside pitches. Yeah. Well, here's one of the things I see all the time, and again, we talk about human nature quite a bit because I think human nature is something that we do not always understand the impact that it has on our training and how we teach kids how to do different things in this game and especially in hitting if you do not specifically set a, a, a hitter up with a tee in a position where it is simulating an inside pitch or an outside pitch if you don't pay attention to where they're at in those drills before you know it they have moved to make every pitch the same pitch and again sure. it's human nature i don't believe for one second that when you set up a drill and you put a player at home plate and then you set up the tee to simulate an inside pitch that they consciously in their minds are going well the heck with you coach don i'm going to stand wherever i want to and do this this other way sure but they've had so much success hitting that pitch right down the middle that before they know it they've migrated their way to making it feel like an inside or a, that inside pitch becomes a pitch right down the middle same thing's true if you set up a tee that's supposed to simulate an outside pitch before you know it if you're not paying attention they kind of meander a little bit at a time a little bit at a time before you know it they're they've turned that outside pitch into a pitch that's right up the middle and so one of the things with that i'm always reminding that the younger players of when we set up a drill and say okay now this is an inside pitch show me in the cage where this ball is supposed to go and make them you know point specifically towards what would be left field for a right-handed hitter sure and then so then we move to the outside pitch say okay so show me where this pitch which is supposed to go where you're supposed to hit it and where it's supposed to go on the field and have them physically show me what would be the opposite field you know to the right right field for a right-handed hitter so that they are always being reinforced with the idea of where that contact point should be and what the result should be. Sure. No, I think that's good. I know uh, one of our drills is uh, just that simple is inside outside tee work. And uh, from the same spot there, we have two separate tees, um, one set up that would be on the inside location, one on the outside. So same movement, same swing, just changing the contact point. We've got uh, a net that's divided into thirds. 
So the inside ball has to stay on, uh, obviously, the left field side for a righty batter. Um, the outside one has to stay on the outside third. And at the end of the drill, there should be nothing that's set back up the middle or in the inside third or down the middle third. So uh, that gives them a little bit of feedback as to how they're doing uh, you know, repetitiously. If they've got two nice, neat little piles, uh, one on the inside third, one on the outside third, nothing in the middle third, um, they know they've done a pretty good job. Right. And I, th- I think, though, sometimes it's almost like you wish you had the ability to like nail their shoes down to the ground to the same spot so that you know so they could still pivot or move a little bit but uh, not wander around because i think that it's again it's just a human nature thing and until players understand the contact point and the hitting zones um, i do think you have to keep reminding them of it because uh, you know they, they want to hit the ball hard and we've talked about how softball is one of those games that i think you know a lot of kids just don't understand that it's okay to miss the ball or make a mistake in your lesson and learn something versus well i'm supposed to hit every ball hard and so they uh, again unconsciously just put it in a place they can hit it hard yeah they, they unconsciously set themselves up for success they're going to put themselves in a position where every ball they hit feels like it's a a, a, a hard hit ball that you know that's a, a, a ding 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 moment so yesterday uh, on that same drill took a batting glove and threw it down at the toe of her back foot. So every time that she got set, she wouldn't be able to move around because she had to place her back foot uh, in that same spot for both the inside and the outside location. So, right. And, uh, and I've got a gadget that uh, um, I started using, which is not really, really a gadget. It's just a um, heavy rubber mat that doesn't move when the kids are sure. hitting. And I have a couple of lines on there so that they can see exactly where their feet are. Or how far their stride is. Right. Or, yeah. and, and so that they can you know have a point of reference to see if they are moving and if they are wandering around and, and it's funny you know, every once in a while I won't remind them for a while and also I'll say okay look down and they'll be shocked to see that where they used to have the ball of their right foot square on top of that line now they're six inches or eight inches or ten inches away and I was like why do you think that happened and they have this dumbfounded look on their face they, they again, it just did yeah it just it just happened <laughs> yeah. and then as you said you know the middle third all of a sudden you look where all the balls piled up in the cage right, right up, up the up middle, middle. so yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, and there's nothing wrong with hitting a ball hard up the middle, but not every ball should go there. Well, and as they get older, too, it's going to be fewer and fewer. So the right. pitchers get a little better with their skills. Okay. So now let's say we've got our younger players kind of on the right track. We've got them so that they're comfortable feeling that they can hit the ball fairly to all parts of the field from where they're standing. Then the next phase of that is for them understanding the uh, ability to make adjustments, the options that they have to try different things depending upon the situation, depending upon uh, the day and, and the pitcher that they're facing and those kinds of things. So when they set up the softball field, they decided that the, the batter's box was going to be three feet deep and seven feet long. You've got four feet in front of the back point and three feet behind the back point. So you've got a big area. you got 21 square feet of real estate as a hitter that you can use to make adjustments. And what I see most often is hitters have this picture in their head of this is where I stand. This is my spot. And they never move, never change. 
Even though the pitching changes. Right. Never try anything. Even though they feel different. Maybe they're not feeling as strong that day. Maybe they are um, in a funk where they're struggling with a certain pitch, but they stand in that same exact spot and they just hope for a miracle. And and movement from that spot could be the difference between getting jammed or getting, you know, squared up on the ball with the barrel. So Right. So the um, one thing I would recommend to hitters, once you're comfortable and you think you've got a pretty good starting point, a foundation where you're comfortable feeling that you can hit the ball hard consistently fair to all parts of the field in your training try moving around a little bit see how it feels when you get a little bit further up in the box and thus a little bit closer to the pitcher see what it feels like when you get a little bit further back in the box or maybe all the way back in the box different coaches have different philosophies about where they should have their hitters stand based upon the kind of pitching that they're seeing and i think that um, while there's some pluses and minuses to all those adjustments our hitters should be comfortable making adjustments as they need to so i think that's a great point tori that uh you know experimenting understanding having a concept so that you can make a a good choice as you're making adjustments for whatever that uh um, challenges of the day be it a quick pitcher a slow pitcher somebody with movement um, somebody that spots the ball well that uh, you're able to move around and know what those adjustments are going to do for you if you've never made them then it's kind of a coin toss but uh, you know we we need to use our training as kind of a science experiment right and and be okay with making some mistakes yeah don't don't be afraid to step into the lab and try some things so you've got yeah. uh you know the distance you know forward and back to use to your advantage as a hitter and again now old school uh, we used to always tell hitters um, when they were facing a drop ball pitcher or a pitcher that had a lot of movement to get up in the box and try to hit the ball before the ball had a chance to break there's some pluses and minuses to that and there's even some honest argument now about whether that's a good strategy or not and then there's some people now that are adamant that they want their hitters at the very back of the box either one to give them more time to see the ball or b because they want to force the pitcher to throw further and thus maybe make the pitch break less so that if you've got a let's say a drop ball pitcher who's used to you know trying to get the ball to finish just a couple inches above home plate by the time it's done spinning now for that same pitcher to throw that pitch and have it have the illusion of a strike she's got to throw it further and thus it might hang a little bit more so again that you've got that option you know depending upon how you feel at the plate but that's you know just kind of the um some things to think about as you're facing different pitchers but you also have the depth of the batter's box so we know that the distance between the inside edge of home plate and the inside or the outside line of the batter's box that area that we call the river is six inches deep so if you've got your toes on the chalk and you're right on top of the plate you are basically six inches away your body's six inches away from the plate right so, so that that gives you certain pluses or minuses just like backing up the three feet that you've got to back up so all of a sudden you could be six inches away from home plate or you can be 42 inches away from home plate it's a pretty big stretch and still be in the same batter's box so um, are you facing that pitcher who pounds the ball inside tries to attack you as a hitter inside all the time well now i'm not saying you get to where your heels are on the outside edge of the box but you've got some room to back up a little bit. If, if that's the situation, and for whatever reason you're having a hard time hitting that ball hard fair, 
back up a little bit, give yourself a little bit more room. So hitters, we want you to start to think about the fact that you can make adjustments. And I think the place to start making those adjustments are, are by experimenting with it in your training. And understand too, that whatever adjustments you make, the other side's going to make an adjustment too. We back off the plate. It makes the outside pitch look a little bit more attractive. So the movements we make, if we back off the plate, we should be anticipating that they're going to do something a little different too. Right. And make sure our movements are going to accommodate whatever, you know, whatever we think they're adjustment is going to be yeah so it's, cr- a, it's a cat and mouse game. yeah if we crowd the plate we should anticipate something in there right. you know in a competitive setting but the the logic tells you though if, if you're starting off in a neutral position and the pitcher's continually hammering you inside then you, you she, need to do something that's her strength yeah. And she's playing to or what she sh- perceives as maybe your weakness. So if um, that's something that you're facing on a consistent basis, then it's time to try something a little bit different. And again, we want uh, our hitters just to change their attitude a little bit. You know, it's it's great that they've got a place that they're most comfortable. What about this coach? There's big ruts there in the batter's box. I have to stand in the ruts. Well, some, some, sometimes the ruts are so bad, you probably really don't have much of a right. choice. You know, otherwise, you're hitting uphill or downhill. Or, or uh, um, Unfortunately, for a lot of our kids, they do face that challenge. Take you know, a minute, though, and fill it in if you can. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, yeah. try to try to do the best you can to be as comfortable as you can. And again, um, sometimes what that might be telling you is that the good Lord wants you to try standing someplace else so you can make your own divot instead of having to stand in somebody else's. Stand on the high points, right? And uh, work hard so one day you can play on a nice college field that's really well prepared. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I always thought was funny um, in the years of working at schools where I had to do all the field maintenance is how overjoyed the hitters would be when, when, it, was flat. when, it, was, when it was flat. And how, especially for our young players coming in, they almost didn't know what to do standing at, uh, at home plate and having their free reign, free choice to stand wherever they want to because there are no predetermined it's holes. like a new batter's box every day. Yeah, and so um, I think that's a, a good goal for them to be aiming for. Make, it sh- make sure you get to the college level where you're going to get to play a lot of your games on fields that are really set near, up for success. Near perfect, yeah. So, But for our young players, obviously we want them to be comfortable knowing that they've got the ability to cover the whole plate. Hit the ball hard, fair, and Fair is important. You know, one of the things that uh, you know, I get a little bit mystified by sometimes when I'm out at the ballpark, when somebody hits a 250-foot foul ball and everybody cheers like it's the most amazing thing. Like, ooh, right? Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And then in my mind, so, I'm thinking, the pitcher's pretty happy. She just got a strike. Right. <laughs> She's a third the way there. Yeah. And if uh, uh, if you hit another one 250 feet foul, she's happy. She's got two strikes. And she's just figured out that if she keeps pitching you inside, you're never going to hit it fair. We'll do that until you miss one. Yeah. And chances are that uh, she's going to win that battle because uh, what we've told her is pretty powerful information. So, um, so that's our topic for this week. Our topic for the week is sponsored by All Clear. Clear Plumbing. You can contact All Clear Plumbing at 770-627-2900. Trent Horn is the owner of All Clear Plumbing, and he is a softball guy. So if you're in the Atlanta area and you have any plumbing needs, please feel free to contact All Clear Plumbing at 770-627-2900. Coming up next, we have our interview. Our interview is sponsored by B. Sampson, Inc. B. Sampson, Inc. is our interior trim specialists. They handle all your interior trim needs. Custom closets, built-in bookcases, crown molding, post and beam ceilings, anything you can want in your house trim. 
They will meet and surpass all your woodworking needs, and you can contact B. Sampson, Inc. at 404-569-5034. And they're located in Loganville, Georgia. And again, Brett Sampson is another big softball guy, uh, very involved, has uh, coached kids and coached teams for many, many years, has a really strong 12-and-under team. And uh, again, so B. Sampson, Inc. is our interior trim specialist. So our interview this week is with Terry Martin. At Piedmont College. Don and I have known Terry for about 20 years, and he's done a great job at Piedmont, uh, has built a very strong Division three program, and so we've got a short interview with Coach Terry Martin. This is Coach Torrey out at the Georgia High School State Softball Championships with Coach Terry Martin from Piedmont College. Terry, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. So, tell us a little bit about Piedmont College. It's a Division three school. It is a Division three school. It's a liberal arts school. Uh, we have about 2,200 students, uh, about 780 to 800 that live on campus. About 52% of those are athletes. Very good. And now, what are some of the academic programs that are strongest for your athletes at your school? Uh, for softball, the medical field has been the strongest. Uh, we have a strong nursing major. Uh, we've just picked up exercise science and athletic training, hospital administration, cardiovascular technology. The majority of my girls are in one of those disciplines. Uh, we do have education, which is strong, and business, which is strong. Very good. So a wide variety of different kinds of programs, but uh, obviously allowing kids to be in very demanding academic programs. Yes, they are. Uh, the school. The great thing about Piedmont is uh, no matter what discipline we have, they allow them to participate in extracurricular activity, and the professors have to work with them if it's under our control. Obviously, nursing and education have clinicals and student teaching. That's under the school and the hospital's control, but they're willing to work with us. Very good, because one of the things that we see with athletes as they are looking at schools is the challenge of being able to pick what they want to do academically, and one of the reasons that I think it's important for our listeners to hear from schools like Piedmont is so players understand that they can play good softball and still get a great education. That is correct. We have a couple girls from Arizona that came to Georgia to Piedmont just because they wanted to be nurses and play four years of ball. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the Division Three experience. Uh, it seems that uh, uh, many people are kind of, uh, I guess, in the dark as to the quality of softball and, and what kind of an experience they're going to have. Uh, it's very competitive. Uh, I've been fortunate to have a, a lot of girls that come through and set a good foundation for Division Three uh, school. We've been in the regionals six times. Uh, we're competitive in some of the, the upper divisions that we see, and uh, it's very competitive where we're at. It's, it's not just the stereotype of Division Three. You know, it's a lower-class athlete, and it's not that way. We have some girls that probably could have went higher, but they want to get a good academics to go along with it. Right. And so would you think, do you think that for some players they are selling themselves short by not looking at more Division three schools as a legitimate option for them to continue their career? Most definitely. I tell every recruit that comes in, I ask them uh, how important softball is to them. They say, oh, it's great. You know, I'm a softball coach, so that's what they're going to say. And then I put it in perspective, and that's this. Uh, once they get to us, they have four years to gain a bunch of memories, to tell their kids a bunch of lies about how good they were. Right. Because they're not going to make a living in softball. So they need to get an education and get an academics and, and get a discipline that they can go and make a living and give back later on the, the abilities that God gives them. Right. Well, one of the things that I think is important is for us to spread the word so that people understand that playing Division three softball does present you with a lot of the same opportunities and all the opportunities for the same 
same kind of memories and, and uh, uh, friendships and things like that that you would have at a higher level. And I think it's important for people to see that that opportunity exists. So if you were going to tell a player one thing about Piedmont that would pique their interest, what do you think it would be? Uh, the family atmosphere. It's very friendly uh, all across the school. Uh, it's small. The good thing is it's small. The bad thing is it's small. But it's 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 a good place to be. And academically, you're getting that specialized treatment because um, when you get up into your discipline, maybe 12 students might be in a class with you. Uh, they are some. It's down to four or five in a class, depending on what discipline you have. Right. So obviously they're getting uh, the total experience of being able to be a great student and a great softball player at the same time. That's correct. Very, very good. Well, Terry, we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of your day to come and uh, tell us a little bit about your university, uh, Piedmont College. I'm sure you guys have a website for the athletic department. What would that be? It is PiedmontLions.com. So check out PiedmontLions.com and uh, get to learn more about it. And if you have interest in Piedmont College is a place for you to play softball. Go ahead and check them out. I'm sure Coach Martin would be happy to hear from you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that's our interview with Coach Terry Martin at Piedmont College. Uh, One of the things as we have kind of spun the tale of recruiting and talked about the different opportunities for kids to be considering as they're looking for schools, uh, we want you to be a little bit more aware uh, about the different levels and the different strengths of some of the different programs that you're looking at. Um, we know that many of the players we talk to are all dreaming that big dream of playing big time division one softball. You know, they watch Oklahoma and Florida and Georgia and, and the, these types of schools uh, on TV in the college world series. Um, but the division two level, division three level, NAIA level in junior college all offer different kinds of opportunities that could be exactly what a player is looking for. And at Piedmont, you know, small school, beautiful campus, uh, great coaching, and great academics is something that I think should be very appealing to an awful lot of kids. Absolutely. Piedmont uh, is fairly local for us here, and uh, again, very good softball, comfortable environment, and uh, you know, Coach Martin's awesome. Yep. So that was our interview with Coach Terry Martin from Piedmont College, again sponsored by B. Sampson, Inc. You can reach B. Sampson, Inc. for your interior trim needs at 404 569 Five zero three four. So we're going to wrap up this week with our tip of the week. Coach Don, what do you got? So for tip of the week, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, body awareness and training and such in our in our main topic. But uh, also want to encourage our players and coaches to take some time when they're doing their training to to make it like a science experiment. And what I mean by that is uh, I want for all of the athletes to be really aware of what widening their stance does for them. The gives and give and take, you know, it makes us a little bit quicker. There's not as much movement for our stride. Want for them to experiment with where their hands are. If their hands are closer to their body, are they quicker? Are they stronger? Um, we need for them to to know what those adjustments are going to do um, as they need uh, different things during the live setting. We want for them to be comfortable, confident, and uh, very assured of of the adjustments 
they're making on the fly and how they're going to benefit uh, them during the live setting. And if they never really do anything away from their normal in in practice, we don't really uh, gain that insight and confidence and uh, gain that knowledge. So I think it's really important that we take time, ask questions about opening our stance, shortening our stance, shortening our stride, um, and seeing how that uh, has an effect on the outcome of our performance. So that in those you know highly competitive settings, small adjustments can make a world of difference. We talked about moving a little closer or further from the plate, uh, depending on you know what type of environment we're in and what the pitchers are doing. So you know it doesn't just just end with where we. Start stand in the box it's about our bat angle uh what what is stronger and takes longer um you know or quicker and tighter to uh help us make adjustments during the games too so i'm i'm hoping that we do a lot of that in practice so that our hitters can be very confident that uh the adjustments that they make and need during a game are the right ones yeah that's a really good point to be making and something that again i hope players take away and, and another example of that is when you go to a camp or a clinic and a coach asks you to try something different sure. just because it's different doesn't mean that it's right or wrong it's up to you as a player to experiment with that try that if a coach asks you to try a wider stance and it's something that's new give it a shot and see what you think and if you like it maybe you keep it and if you don't like it you don't have to there's no absolutes in this game uh, every player is different their physical makeup is different and something that worked great for Don as a hitter probably didn't work for me. Something that worked great for me as a hitter might not have worked well for Don. And that's just how it is for all kids. So be open-minded to trying those different things. If it's a coach that suggests it to you, try it. If you just want to experiment with it and try something different just to see how it feels and how it impacts your performance, I think that is a great idea. So, Don, that's a great tip of the week. And hopefully our players uh, that are listening and coaches that are listening will be able to encourage their players to, to take that to heart. So that's this week's episode of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. We had a great show this week. We're in our shout-out section. We talked a little bit about the Georgia High School Championships and congratulated Kat McCulley for being our Fast Pitch Prep player of the week. Our primary topic was where to stand and how to make adjustments at the batter at, at, at the plate and in the batter's box. Had a great interview, a short interview with Coach Terry Martin from Piedmont College and wrapped up with our tip of the week. As always, we hope that you will reach out to us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com for any suggestions, questions, or comments that you would like to share with us. We're always looking for topics that we can discuss on the podcast, and obviously we're looking for players to be nominated for our Player of the Week. We will be continuing to do the Player of the Week every week, 52 weeks a year, and we're going to need some help filling in some of these weeks when maybe uh, uh, there's a little bit less softball being played and a little bit smaller pool of kids to choose from. So um, if you are aware of a player that you would feel is deserving of recognition, please make sure that you reach out to us again at fastpitchprep at gmail.com. If you suggest something that we can use as a topic for the podcast or for one of our blogs, um, I will happily send you a Fast Pitch Prep t-shirt and you can wear that proudly and help us spread the Fast Pitch Prep word. Um, Please check out our website, fastpitchprep.com, over 300 blogs, the YouTube, 
catalog of, uh, of, of videos and uh, a lot of other information that uh, we think you're going to find useful and beneficial. So for Coach Don McKinley, I'm Coach Tori Atchison and our producer, Bo Ray. Uh, we're signing off from the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio.